0: Sadly, I've seen that movie more than once, too. Um, so, What are the, you doing the... with your
1: time? Hang on, hang on. <laughs> right. How do you have so much time on your hands that you can watch Ghostbusters 2016 right. more than once? More than once. <laughs> How is that possible?
0: Uh, just to make sure. <laughs> it sucks as bad as it does. to this month's edition of the Nerdthusiast Movie Podcast. I am Dane Feo, and I'm here with the man, Matt Morosi. Cheers. And our resident Ghostbuster expert, uh, Anthony E. Hogi What's up, Sakali? What's up, man? Not much, man. We watch Ghostbusters, um, and uh, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be reviewing it, kind of, just talking about the movie. Um,
2: just Review a bit discussion. of a
0: heads up. Yes, yes. Um, there will be some spoilers here, but we're going to leave that for a little bit later on in the show. So the first couple of minutes you can you can listen without us spoiling too much, and then we're going to get deep into the spoiler of it all. Uh, but before we start, just want to go over a couple things. Um, first of all, if you enjoy watching or listening to us, however it is you're doing it, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash nerd enthusiast we always have stuff up there Uh, and patreon uh patrons can vote on topic discussions and get shout outs on our shows and get exclusive videos from everybody from uh matt on the video game show Sakali on the poker show and myself will probably go through them and not pay attention to them but we will have uh suggestions um finally you guys can check us out on all the social medias out there we have facebook and twitter and instagram and TikTok and youtube um uh again we're we're are, are we on truth matt i'm working on it okay i just i just oh, wanted it's to coming sure soon coming of, soon I just want to make sure we had all of our bases covered because i don't know where we lean yet um uh but we are at nerd enthusiast on all of our all of our uh uh social media networks let's talk about ghostbusters man this was one of the movies i was really excited for that and Dune last month we won't talk about that right now um even though i did watch it again yesterday actually um so you, you the watched a
1: movie you didn't like twice it's still this you think it was going to change like
0: yeah i thought maybe there I'd was a director's cut out like
1: two weeks later
0: <laughs> yeah well it was yeah i know i didn't get any better um but um the other movie that i've been waiting for for since the pandemic uh really started was ghostbusters and i i kind of i, kinda, I Devoured all the online stuff and knew kind of everything that was going to be in it because everyone kind of knew a lot of stuff and we won't get into spoilers yet, but we'll talk about it. I want to talk about what I think yet. Uh, I want to hear Matt's opinion on it first. What'd you think, Matt?
1: Am I ecto-cooler? I was oh, looking it's for it too. It's I couldn't
2: find it in store. I have I have an empty can of Epico. I should have brought it out. I have an empty can <laughs> in my <laughs> collection. Yeah, so I, would like to, I would like I like to hear Morosi's opinion first. I would like to hear an outsider's opinion.
1: Okay, so I am an outsider. I did I did grow up with the Ghostbusters. I loved the Ghostbusters when I was a kid. Didn't watch it for a long long time. And then I knew we were going to cover this because Sakali was a huge Ghostbusters fan. So actually when they released the first trailer, we did like a trailer discussion and discussed the first two movies. And I went back for the first time in a long time and I watched the first two movies. They held up pretty well, especially the first one. The second one was all right. The first one was very good though. This movie, I did not pay any attention to whatsoever other than watching the first trailer. I really don't like spoilers. I don't like finding out a bunch of stuff. So I did not dig deep. I didn't want to know. I'd rather not know, which is how I went into the movie. My expectations were like, hopefully it's a fun movie. That's where I was. Like, hopefully I don't waste an hour and a half of my life, which is about the runtime of the film. This is the most wonderful film I've seen in a long, long time. And I, I, I didn't have high expectations. If I did, it probably would have surpassed them. I couldn't believe how good the writing was. The actors were great. Um, you know, th- there's a whole list of reasons. Sure, there's some cheesiness to it, of course there is, but overall, my impressions are: you need to see this, and if you have kids, you need to bring them along as well. Your kids are going to love the film.
2: So I, I think just to throw out there: I did bring my kids to the. my brought my kids to the theaters. They are Ghostbuster fans. Um, and they loved it. So if you want another outside perspective, the kids were into it. So as a kid side of things, they bought into this film. They liked it. My son kept looking over at me, like smiling when something popped up or a new ghost was on there. Like, So he on a kid side of things and their friend was there too. And he loved it. So um, the kids' side of aspect of buying into this film, it was there. They understood it. They got it. They're young. They're seven and nine years old. And they both understood what was going on. They comprehended it. And they like it. now listen, I'm a huge ghost fan. I'll dig in a little deeper, but there were some things that I didn't really like, but I will talk about that more, but um, yeah, I, it's cool to hear that, Matt, that you uh, you dug in and you liked it. Thanks, man. yeah it was it was
1: excellent in my opinion. Dane, you have been bastardized on this channel for a while, <laughs> watching terrible, terrible movies, even movies you're looking forward to it don't meet your expectations. So yeah, what did no. you think about afterlife? <sighs>
0: This is the best movie we've watched for this channel. There you go. Okay. There it is. <laughs> all right. All
1: right. It, it's, I I. would say it was a great, I wouldn't say it's like, it's, this isn't going to be like in the, you know, the Hall of Fame for like best films of all time. No, it's a right. very, very good right. movie is where I'm at. Do you, are you about the same level?
0: Yeah. I, I, well, I, yeah, I wasn't disappointed in the movie. I really wasn't. I enjoyed all the stuff that they threw in to, uh, for me to really enjoy there was i think there was stuff that actually i I, um i liked a lot of it actually all all the kids stuff was good some of it was kind of missing like there was a little bit of they didn't really talk about the second one too much the greatest movie of all uh the 2016 ghostbusters they didn't even (laughs) reference i don't know why Um, (laughs) i
2: i I was kind of hoping though like so this is not really a spoiler it's a reverse spoiler but i was kind of hoping that there might have been a scene where like the four girls were like in a diner or something in the background. They just kind of like referenced them, but not like, obviously it's not canon to the whole series, but right. um, you know, it is a shame because we go on that uh, a whole nother thing, but here's the, here's where I knew that this was at least going to be a decent film. I'm obviously a huge Ghostbusters fan. I was really looking forward to the 2016 film. Okay. I thought, made. I, I thought that the cast was great that they put together I liked the director from his previous stuff. I was like, this is going to be a funny ass movie. Right. And it just didn't, it didn't connect. And people were like, yeah. oh, it's because it's all female. I was like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Cause I loved all those girls yeah. and bridesmaids. Yeah. I they're loved great, great actresses. Yeah. Dude. And, and I left that movie as a huge ghost fan saying, like, that just was, it wasn't it." it. And yeah. a lot of people it were really like, wasn't. That, that wasn't it. And then I left this movie and it just, it put everything together like it was like that's the film that I was waiting for like you know is it gonna win an Academy Award no but is it perfect for special the effects were good No, the end yeah, like, you know my like my, really my win
0: for that actually I I really enjoyed that part part of that like like I mean I, I remember watching like the. um well all right well all right so we're gonna get into some of the spoiler stuff but you know some of the stuff at the end where they're coming out of like the like i don't, I don't know I, I liked a lot of it actually i'm excited to talk about this movie so
2: <laughs> here, here's time. a little here's a little is not spoiler but the scene the scenes where i read up about this um which is cool and you maybe i maybe you understand more from the movie side of things i don't understand how they did it exactly but the scenes where like the pink like um i don't know what you want to call them like, they almost look like laser beams. Like, the ghosts were flying through the town. They were coming out of the mountain. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? And it was, like, inc- if you watch the original Ghostbusters, they used, like, the effects from that movie and importing it into parts of this movie. So it was actually original yeah. effects. Like, 40 years later, that still held up. Now, you could tell that it was CGI a little bit to the pink, uh, you know, streams and stuff. But the original, like, shots or however they did it was from the original movie. I thought that was a very cool tie-in that they brought back into this.
0: Yeah, they kept it all. I mean, it it definitely looks like a Ghostbusters movie. You know what I mean? It definitely like that was kind of one of the bummer things about the 2016 one. Not that we'll keep talking about that one was like the special effects were so big in it. And so like cartoony almost, you know yeah. what I mean? You think about the end of that movie.
2: Yeah. yeah. Just
0: like it, it was all CGI. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like a typical it was like the not even like a Marvel movie. It was like a I don't know it was just a crap it was just crap this movie even though obviously there's tons of special effects in it didn't hang on that you know what i mean the special effects that they did they were all really good you know what i mean the sound how good was the
1: sound in the movie dude i had to bring it up like that was a mental note that i made every time this movie (laughs) sounded spectacular spectacular i don't understand why it's that why can't they do this with other films like i don't understand why ghostbusters sounds better than like anything I think I've ever heard before in film. So it's unbelievable.
2: I watched in the RPX, so I got the extra sound. The whole place was like shaking during certain parts, during the earthquakes and things like that. Like really felt like you were in an earthquake. I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like the whole place was shaking. Um, So Jason Reitman, just a little background. Obviously, if you don't know, he is the son of Ivan Reitman. Uh, Ivan Reitman did the first two films. And if you don't know, I don't know if you know this, Marozzi, Jason Reitman was actually in the second film. He played a part. What's that? I didn't know
1: that. I, I okay. knew I knew he was directing this film and his father directed the first two, but I didn't know yeah. he was I don't know if film. I don't know
2: if you... Oh, so you just recently saw Ghostbusters 2, right? You just recently saw it again? Uh, like a year ago. Do you remember the part when they go to the birthday party in the beginning there's all those little kids and the one kid comes up to him and he's like, my dad says you're full of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's that was Jason, him. <laughs> that's Jason Reitman. That's <laughs> yeah. Jason Reitman. So, that's awesome. Yeah, and so he took a lot of heart into this film. And so basically what happened was when the 2016 bombed, I think he pretty much approached the studio and was like, listen, I have an idea. I have a script and I can do it for about a third of the cost. What do you say? And like the thing about it is Ghostbusters is like the biggest franchise of the 80s. It's like the top three. It's like Star Wars, Back to the Future and Ghostbusters. Like the franchising rights of the money they made in the 80s was like ridiculous. So for a company to like have this sitting on the shelf and they can't get something together to make money. So he came to them and was like, look, I have a script. I have an idea. I can do it for this cheap of a cost. What do you say? Everyone else, like you know, bought in. And they said, okay, you know, because after 2016 bombed and they lost money on the project, um, it was kind of looking like it was going to be the end. So he put a lot of heart and a lot of effort into like the sound, the music, the scenery. That this that was shot in a real town. It wasn't a CGI town. It was shot in Canada. That house they built for the film and all the inside shots and outside shots were all shot on the same location, which is very rare nowadays as well. So I was digging in and reading a lot, but so all those farm scenes in the house, that was all the same scenery, the same house that they built for just for this movie, which I thought was really cool because you don't see that nowadays at all. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I, I did have a question for you because I know at least one of you two are going to know the
1: answer to this. Uh, I know that uh, Dan Aykroyd and Har- Harold Ramis wrote the movie. How, do you know how much uh, Ramis contributed before he passed away,
2: or was this like you well, know, they something... didn't
0: write. They didn't write this movie.
2: Didn't Reitman, this movie. Jason, Jason wrote the finished product. There were his some name I- is in the credits though. Yeah, so there's some ideas that were floating around for yeah. years. So he probably just took bits and pieces from them and then kind of done it because. They have been trying to get like a storyline together. They couldn't get the guys on the same team. And I don't want to say ironically, but maybe ironically, um, they were not going to ever do another film. They couldn't get on the same page. Actually, Bill Murray and Hal Ramis in real life had a huge falling out for many years after uh, Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day on that movie, they fell out. They did not talk to each other. And then uh, right before Harold died, bill Murray went up there made peace and i think bill Murray was kind of like shit like you know i think he kind of realized that he might have missed the boat so uh without going into spoilers but you obviously know some of the things that happened we'll talk about that in a few minutes but um they've been trying to get this storyline together and there was different pieces floating out there for many years that they finally got together and it kind of you know put in perspective
0: well in a strange way in a strange way um the the death of Harold Ramis propelled this movie.
2: Yeah, that's, I said. that's like ironic. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's and and I tell you what, and we'll I would really like to get into the actual plot of the movie because God, that was actually my favorite aspect of the whole movie was just bringing back Egon and the character of Egon. Yeah, and
2: I think we got we got to throw, throw the spoiler. We got to throw the spoiler. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, but, if you guys don't
1: want spoilers, go away. Thank you for yeah, watching much. up to this point. Egon. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. That's been this month's episode. Oh, forget it. We'll do it at the end. Let's talk for just a few minutes because I really liked um, them opening up with Egon, and and ta- and keeping that character alive in a sense in the lore of it, and then using him to propel everything. He was the catalyst for the whole movie. God, that made me so happy that was because. Awesome because just seeing him and in shadow and stuff like that. And then like he dies in the beginning and the way he dies with the terror dogs and stuff like that was really cool. That was one of those little throwbacks. And then his constant presence in the whole movie, not just metaphorically and physically, but also just everything that was being done was because of him and his plan and stuff like that. God, I loved. And then big spoilers at the end, he shows up, cried a little bit.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I (laughs) I almost, I literally started choking up a little bit. Like when he comes in and the music stops and he grabs her hand, like, dude, it was like a, it was a moment. Yeah, Yeah. it was a moment. I was like, wow, this is like uh, choking me up a minute here. Like this is getting real. And, you know, you realize that the whole thing about him being an asshole to his daughter, it was actually just, he had to get, he, he understood what was going on and he had this desire to like stop this whole thing from happening. And, uh, you know, he needed to sacrifice everything to make it happen. It was just, you know, crazy. But yeah, I, yeah, it definitely choked t- me up too.
0: I tell you what too, and I wasn't prepared for it too, when what t- 2014, I think he died, Harold Remus died. And I remember hearing about that. That was one of those celebrity deaths that for some reason hit me. Because having been such a Ghostbusters fan and watched the movie so many times and kind of as you watch the movie, especially as a kid, you pay attention to certain characters and you really like Egon, you know what I mean? He's always, he's always so, he's always, he's interesting Mm -hmm. and just feeling like feeling actually in 2014, feeling terrible when I heard about him dying so much so that when the other ones die, I don't know what I'm. (laughs) what's gonna happen to me okay when bill murray goes i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen all right but um uh but just the fact that it was it was his plan and his 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 uh everything i loved everything about that and having his family come in and stuff like that worked really well that's what i mean like and what killed the 2016 last time we'll talk about this movie one was (laughs) i know was the writing of it and the fact that it felt so disconnected from anything else that anyone ever cared about with any of the previous two ghostbuster movies other than they're wearing proton packs and the the song shows up every now and then but in this movie it really just felt like a really well written um third movie yeah like it really did
2: coming from a true fan i will Mm -hmm. throw out a couple things that i did not like um one i was holding out and i knew it wasn't going to happen but i was holding out that rick moranis was going to show up i was oh, just,
1: I, dude i actually didn't think about that until like towards the end when they were crawling out of the the creatures I was like oh shit no rick moranis
2: <laughs> I, I was literally holding out i'm like man i hope he makes an appearance um but he's out of the acting world man but the, you know what's funny is like he did a cell phone commercial like a year ago like a random yeah, cell with, phone commercial.
0: with ryan Reynolds. In it.
2: yeah and yeah. like i'm like okay he'll do it i think that was a super bowl commercial wasn't it yeah so he probably i don't know he just needed a payday or something but i'm like uh you know so he not having rick is because he's such a you know a big part of those first two films and so not having him that kind of hurt a little bit and and obviously that's not on jason reitman i understand that like that's on rick moranis because he's not doing anything um so it's not like you know reitman messed that up um the two okay so mckenna grace who plays phoebe the main character and podcast mm-hmm. i love that i love the connection there it felt so real and fun and like you felt that connection um it felt they, like the goonies for a little while yeah it had and that they, like yeah, they did that ch- yeah. childish kid feel to it but like it felt fun like you felt like they bought in here's what i did not like the whole lucky and trevor that felt so forced it felt like i got their parts you know but it just did not feel like i can't envision them as future ghostbusters whereas podcast and um phoebe i can see them being like teenagers doing something down the road in another movie i can't envision trevor and lucky like i just didn't you know i don't know it just felt like it was a forced part thing about it was it like they tried to sell like maybe a love story but it didn't really feel like a love story right Mm -hmm. like because he's 15 and she's like 18 so that connection didn't really happen and then lucky's not really connected to podcast or phoebe at all like they don't really have any connection together and trevor and podcast don't really have a connection together and even Trevor as, like, brother-sister, I really didn't get that much of a brother-sister vibe there. Like, it just didn't feel natural.
1: Well, they I, were just I, opposites, you know? Like, Phoebe and Phoebe and her brother Trevor were just, like, they weren't like each other at all, except for the fact that he could work on a car. He seemed very right. uninclined un- to do anything, but he can fix cars. Like yeah, that was I one problems I had really like,
2: this dude doesn't seem like he wants to
1: do shit, <laughs> but he knows right. how to
2: fix a car. As, like, a film together... I absolutely love McKenna Grace. I absolutely love Logan Kim, who plays Podcast. I think they're great characters that I could great. see develop into something in the future. Trevor and Lucky, I just feel like they needed to put an aspect in there, and just it felt forced. It just, that's all I'm saying. It felt forced. I think they're great actors as kids. I think they play great roles, but I it just the pieces of the puzzle didn't feel like they felt fit together.
0: Well, the Trevor character, the and the Phoebe character, they they were able to find two people and make them look like Egon. Yes. Which was very cool. You know what it I mean? Cool. That was that was that was again, you felt like that. That was really the family stuff I liked. The mother was okay. I thought maybe I can't figure out what the mother did for a living. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Paul
2: Rudd was excellent. He was he friggin' was excellent.
0: <laughs> he was he he was good. In it.
2: And I—that's I was going to get to next was Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd felt like he should have been a part of this film as well. Like it felt,
0: mm-hmm. like he,
2: he felt perfectly into the role. A couple of little spoiler Easter eggs. I don't know if you caught this, but me being nerdy, and then I looked it up and I was like, did I see this right? Yeah. So when he's in the store, you saw him get the Baskin Robbins. He's like, oh, sweet Baskin Robbins. Remember that part? <laughs> the Which, Nestle yeah. Crunch bar coming out of the jacket. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. Yeah. Let me go. Let me go back real quick because this is right. an outside the Easter egg. Bar. This is this is not something people caught onto. In the movie Ant-Man, he works at the Baskin-Robbins. Baskin-Robbins. When he's on parole, he works at Baskin-Robbins. So I thought that <laughs> was pretty cool of an Easter egg to throw in there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, a couple other Easter eggs. The Crunch Bar, uh, the Twinkies. The Crunch Bar, yeah. That that was they were cool. both linked in there. Dude, he put a lot of stuff that, like, really linked to the first movie that, like, I think a lot of people didn't see or understood. But just so much, like, attention to detail of just little things. Like... Um, that i noticed like for example like at the end when you see the marshmallow men's like burning alive like the same way the real marshmallow man yeah, burned yeah, alive
0: yeah, yeah that know. negative that that negative film look that they did at the end of the first movie which yeah. was a special effect by the way yeah back then, but, you yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah you know but yeah that was cool i really liked that's one of my favorite parts. My my favorite setting for the whole movie was when they were at the farm because being in the house and stuff there was little stuff but when they finally find like his workshop down in the down in the underneath the barn and stuff,
1: and going down the something
0: fire pole. going down the fire pole was cool. Something else I really liked too. And I'm sitting there watching it, going, because um, I'm looking at the cars in the movie, because you know, and uh, I, I I'm seeing all these rust buckets, and it and it clicked like pretty quickly actually. And I'm looking at it, going, they're all Cadillacs or all the old the old the old fifties Cadillacs. And for a minute, I'm like why are they all because they all also look like chevys and stuff and i'm like why is it and i saw he had a chevy shirt the son had a chevy yeah 67 chevy corvette shirt and i'm i'm kind of looking at it going like why would they be and then i realized not only is he fixing ecto that's probably just one of like i mean that would be the only way that he could fix ecto because the cars are all you, you know what i mean that's that's it they brought back and speaking of ecto really quick they brought back the gunner seat from the cartoons Mm-hmm. That's which awesome. i, which that's I really so cool. yeah that was cool
2: and, <laughs> yeah. and another thing that came from the cartoon and i don't have it i thought i did was the ghost that pops out with the eyeball first and then the ghost comes into the eyeball that part when it's like downtown that's right. from the cartoon as well that is a cartoon oh, that was a toy wasn't it i think yes, i remember that, that having that squeeze. when i was a kid Yeah. yeah and the eye popped out so that was a little mm-hmm. very cool easter egg from the ghostbusters cartoon now Another thing that I did not like, okay? I'm going to throw mm-hmm. out my, you know, things. Slimer was not in the film. Not at all. Not even a, a guest mm-hmm. appearance. Muncher was awesome. I thought Muncher is an awesome new aspect to this film because, like, a lot of it did feel like, you know, it connected to the first film. There was, like, the terror dogs and Gozer. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it was, like, kind of a repeat. But, dude, yeah. Muncher, I thought, was an awesome scene. Them chasing them downtown, like, from, like, start to finish. I thought that was an awesome scene. I know you saw a lot of that in the trailer, but yeah. even just seeing it like on the screen it was a really cool sc- uh, shot it was an original ghost um you know you kind of felt like at the same time you knew this was a bad ghost but at the same time you're like eh, you know it's kind of cool though you know like the, sli- the whole yeah. Slimer thing as well um so I really like that but I was a little disappointed that we did not get a cameo from um Slimer in the film so I was a little bit like eh, you know
0: I think I'll I- probably
2: show up in the next one
0: I mean you know they're already they're already teasing that stuff. I liked I liked Mantra because he he served the purpose for the plot. Mm-hmm. Because not just that the he weapons. had to eat yeah he had to eat open the weapons and that was cool but really and that comes back to the writing in this movie that I I liked Evo Shandor he owned the mine he owned the whole town. So him being an architect and creating things he had to find this is the plot of the movie and the lore in the movie the reason why muncher eats metal is because he's from there and the special metal that they mine in the mine is how they con- is how they conduct everything so in a sense if you put slimer in the movie unless he's eating metal which he didn't do mm-hmm. you know what i mean That's then you're true. gonna kind of have two big guys that kind of look the same and kind of serve the same purpose so i understand i i miss slimer as well but he kind of he kind of he's sort of like a mascot Yeah, yeah, at that point, especially even at the end of Ghostbusters 2, he's just kind of hanging around the firehouse and they give him like his own, his own, like, and Slimer. And he's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, if anything, it's sort of like you had to have a, you had to have somebody that they were going to want to trap. And you're like, no, don't, don't trap Slimer again. He's fine. He'll be helpful. So, I did miss Slimer, but I understood, I, I understand kind of why they didn't use him because they needed, they needed, they needed Buncher. They needed so, more but it was yeah. cool
2: though, like a lot of his shots. If you notice too, again, another attention to detail. I mean, it helps that your dad is the one that helped direct it and he's helping you <laughs> right. through it. Yeah. But like the scenes where like they would do a close-up of the slime dripping down, like you know, when they're walking through for the first time and they're seeing right. the slime, just like the original movie, like in the library, it. in the library, and you see that slime like slowly dripping down. Like that was like exactly like that that brought you back. So a normal you know person- what helped
0: with that too? The music cubes.
2: Oh they were the great
0: tons of yeah. all that stuff just from watch just the very first thing that the movie comes up after the logos was that was that music and it was a yeah. little twisted because obviously we're in new times but it was oh it was so good it brought me right back to the that music cuz it was in the library it was mm-hmm. in the near public library from the very first movie
2: they did a great job with the scoring the composing and just bringing back to the original film and connecting it there And just, you know, it played into the little, like, scenes that were building up there. Like, whereas you're if you're you're a fan, you kind of knew, like, oh, this is from this part. If you weren't a fan, you still got a little bit excited because you were like, oh, this, you know, sounds good. It's playing along with it. I want to give you guys my one negative
1: take. I I think I had, like, two at one point, but I'm old and I forgot what the hell the second one was. But I, I am so sick of green screen shit in films that it makes me want to throw up. When he was driving that car through the fields, I'm like, can you please? Sorry, Hmm. not just (laughs) not that in a film like, come on, dude, it looks so fake, so Hmm. fake. Do what we did in the 80s, man. Go hire a stunt driver to drive through somebody's goddamn (laughs) field, pay them a bunch of money and film it. Make it look right because the rest of the movie looked pretty good. But when he was driving through those fields, I wanted to throw up. I was like, this is disgusting.
2: Like, this is awful. Looks like trash. That's but you know what? Problem. But you know what though? Like like we were saying, it was a refreshing take to not have everything be green screen in the film. That's like, true. It, man. There was so much that was just like some scenario shots. A lot of that was, you know, shot on scene, and like I said, a lot of it was just, um, you know, put in perspective. Dude, you know what I did? I really loved, and it was, dude, you know, obviously it's a huge marketing plug as well, but the Walmart scene, I absolutely loved that scene. <laughs>
1: that was a good one.
0: Yeah, the, yeah that was fun.
2: It was such a fun Ghostbusters, like, or to it, and it's just. um oh, Rudd makes that scene though. He's just, he's scrolling
0: through
1: Walmart like <laughs> well, he, he's a fucking boss, man. Yeah,
2: he just got off a date, you know, like he thinks he's a <laughs> right, man. Right, right, right,
0: yeah, that's right. And he's that. bossing through
2: <laughs> and he's getting his ice cream. Um, then I, I saw a joke online though, and it was pretty funny. It was like, I can tell this is fake though, because Walmart never has their stuff stocked that, that much. <laughs> it's true.
0: It's true. There were no people of Walmart either. There were a couple of yeah. people in the background, but they're not the people of Walmart. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. But it, dude, it was, it nobody, was, it was uh... nobody,
0: nobody was on a rascal and this is the Midwest and no one had, sake, uh, okay? yeah, was... everyone had their
2: clothes on. There was no like bellies hanging <laughs> right. out or anything. But, dude, I thought that was such a fun scene with the mini-puffs and mm-hmm. the terror dog. I liked that they
0: came back, too. That was cool at the end.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was very cool. Yeah, I just... I, I I really liked that. It was such a fun scene. Like, everyone could see that and, like, really bought into that scene. and was just, like, it was a lot of fun. It had the flashback of, like, the feel of, you know, from the 80s movie when he's chasing um, Rick Moranis. You know, it had that whole feel yeah. to it, you know, as well, so...
1: Well, this um. was unlike, uh, like the the. Not to go to a different franchise, but very briefly, uh, when when episode seven came out for Star Wars, I liked it. I still like it, but it played so hard on the old movies that I like. I was just like kind of turned off by it a bit. But this movie, it played towards the first one, obviously, but it did it mm-hmm. in such a smart way that it didn't bother me. Like I was, I should have been bothered. I know, I know that I should have been bothered. But I wasn't, which is surprising.
2: Yeah. I think it just tied everything together, uh, just to those points. I like the Evo uh, Shandor uh, was brought into this film. And I love the fact that I love the fact that this dude like sacrificed building a town and a major building for this person, the gozer, you know, guy or girl. He like sacrifices everything, like builds right. this huge thing, and then she's like just <laughs> <she's>, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: It's kind of, I was expecting it to be like really gross, and I'm looking at it, going, "I'm like, this is a kids' movie." Like for a second, I'm just like, I'm just thinking of like the, like, like what that actually is. Is just the idea of someone getting ripped violently in half. Yeah, in half. It was like, well,
1: I think this like movie push push like the limits for kids. Like, I think this would be like a really scary movie to bring bring give to a younger kid. But I think that's great. Like, you need to install that that sense of fear. Like, you know, when we saw Ghostbusters, like there was an intensity to it. Maybe not to the same level that this film had, especially because. Things just look more realistic now.
2: So, yeah. the, so there was like one scene that maybe like definitely was not kid appropriate. Uh, well, there's a couple scenes, but one, you know, that my son, I got to tell the story. So, it was me, my girlfriend, and my, my two sons were going to the movies. My son's to my left, my youngest, he's seven. Okay. He's seen all the Ghostbusters. He loves Ghostbuster films. He's seen them all. He understands everything going on. So, the part when I, I don't know who it was, it was podcast or uh, whatnot, and he goes and he, t- he turns to Phoebe and he goes, I think he boned your mom, right? <laughs> my seven-year-old turns to me and he goes, "Dad, what's that mean that he boned her?" I was like, "I was like, ah, they dated. I think they went on a date. I think that's what that means." Mm-hmm. So you know, like a little more like eleven-year-old humor, you know, twelve-year-old humor. So look for the little kids, you know. But it, he asked me, I was like, "Oh my
0: gosh!" <laughs> but there yeah, was I- a little, there was a, there was a little, little rope, there was a little Easter egg in that too. You remember when they go, when, after they've been uh, uh, not abducted, when they've been um, uh, possessed and then they go to, I guess, have sex for the first time. And Paul Rudd is laying on the rock you remember that yeah yeah, the, yeah that is a ear. callback it's a callback <laughs> yeah. the way he is and i and I, I i laughed in the in the theater and i think i was the only person that got it because yeah. i'm looking at it going a day that's, that's Murray,
2: right like no Dana? not bill murray no, no rick, moranis. rick moranis that's
0: right i'm sorry
2: yeah yeah no that was definitely a playback to that and it's funny too because like as a kid because i grew up in the 80s i it didn't click till i was probably like in middle school, the whole idea of the key master and the gatekeeper, right? Like, yeah, like that didn't click in my head till I was like, Oh, they're totally banging. They gotta bang to open this door. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so it doesn't click till you're a little bit older. But um yeah, that you know, it was great that they brought that back. And then, like, you know, just the whole fact that uh Paul Rudd just kind of makes a joke out of it, like after it happens, and he's just like, Yeah, you know it happens so what we're gonna we're gonna deal with it you know after we're, at the end all right so another part was this is brought up to me a couple people had they had, know i'm a huge ghostbuster fan and a couple of people reach out to me this weekend uh one person uh said to me he said hey man what do you think about me bringing my kids they're about like 19 years old to the see ghostbusters and i've asked him i said have they seen ghostbusters one and two and they he said no i said listen show them ghostbusters one if he digs that show them this one because it will flow right into both. They'll completely understand everything and watch that. Now, there's been some debate, you know, is Ghostbusters 2 canon? Like, did it exist in this world? And the answer is yes, because there's two things that connected this movie to the second Ghostbusters. And there's very little, but they do. One is Ray's Occult uh, bookstore. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the first movie. That was only in the second movie when Ray opened up that uh, Occult bookstore. And obviously, that's in there. You see the red phone from the first movie. That was the same phone from the first movie. That bright red phone that he picks up. Uh, you see the raise a cult sign. You see them mention that a couple times and um, there. The other thing was, and this was like a quick thing, and I want to go back and try to. I want. I'm going to watch it again in theaters. But the toaster from original Ghostbusters two, the one that dances when they put the slime in it. What? That was in there. It was in there. Where it was, was like, that?
0: It was. Where in was, the was that? I didn't house. see it that. Like,
2: yeah, I was I've been going through back through stuff and it was in the farmhouse, um, like in the kitchen or something for like a brief second. That's awesome. So those two things make Ghostbusters 2 canon for this universe. But you don't have to see Ghostbusters 2 really to kind of get this film. You could probably just watch the first one and, and jump right in. But it, it is cool that that storyline, uh, the second one still does exist, even though they don't really mention it.
1: There could have um, been some pinkoos.
2: I could have used a little pink pinkoos. It would have made me feel better. I'm yeah sorry. yeah, but yeah so again though um that it does make ghostbusters 2 a very real part of this world so it does do
0: mm. this so yeah it's thinking about know. it actually in i mean i'm thinking like like the parts of it i mean you could kind of skip it you know what i mean not that you'd want to because i i like i like ghostbusters too. but like thinking it's about good. it like at the end of ghostbusters one dana and venkman get together Uh, and there's that thing between Egon and, and, uh, uh, Janine, 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 Janine. um, so, and because they don't bring up the Statue of Liberty or any of the, any of the like Vigo stuff, I guess in theory, you could kind of see how people would think that.
2: I I, I like, so they kind of kept it confusing though, with the Annie, um, Janine Melnitz part, Annie Potts or, or whatnot, whatnot. Because you we do see her as a guest appearance. You she see shows her up very early on too. Yes. Yeah. And so in the first movie, if you remember, Janine and like if you watched it, uh, Janine and Egon had that like sexual tension between them the whole film. But then he in comes the second out
0: of the yeah <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but so then funny. in the second one, in the second one, she's hooking up in the uh, scene with um, Rick Moranis. So now we All see right. that like they did kind of get back together. She was helping him out, like just stay organized in life. And she had obviously moved across the country with them. So they were obviously kind of together, uh, even though because she, she goes, she goes, I was his like once a boyfriend or girlfriend, but she ends up saying like his helper or something like she says, she drops in there. So um, they definitely were connected. Now, did you guys see both the after credits scenes? I've seen one and I read Why? the other one because okay. we can stick around for the second part. So the second yeah. part janine's back and they show an, a, a clip from the original ghostbusters that wasn't in the film uh that ivan reitman i guess dug up and it's a scene talking about a coin and hold it for good luck and then we see winston so i guess obviously we should mention that obviously well, the other ghostbusters come back
1: the first scene before that just so you guys know it was just it was like a funny scene between bill Murray
2: and um sigourney weaver uh with, yeah. with the cards yeah. from going back to the first movie So, yeah. And so then we jump into that last scene. I want to talk a lot about that real quick um, was Winston. Uh, They're making Winston like almost, I don't want to say the Cadillac, but the, the person that's going to be running the show uh, kind of the way they sold it. So basically uh, he's become this rich, um, financially wealthy person that owns a bunch of companies or whatnot. And now he's kind of reflecting back at the end about like reinvesting in the Ghostbusters. And we see, the last scene where he talks about he's like i'll take care of this i'll get it back up and running you see the scene of it going across the bridge which was like a homage to the first movie when they're going across the bridge winston kind of looks like he's trying to reinvest uh into the ghostbusters so i don't know like it kind of just opens the door for the franchise to
0: continue the movie you were talking about like the budget for the movie and stuff like that and how you were doing it, like the last time we'll mention the 2016 Ghostbusters is... Um,
1: you said that three times.
2: I'm sick of it. I know,
0: I know, I know. The
2: movie the that mo- just won't die. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: Sadly, I've seen that movie more than once too. Um, so. What the, are you doing the- with your time? Hang on,
1: hang on. <laughs> right. How do you have so much time on your hands that you can watch Ghostbusters 2016 right. more than once? More than once. <laughs> How is that possible?
0: Just to make sure. <laughs> it sucks as bad as it does. Um, I like Peter Berg too, the guy that the guy that made it. So um, the 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 budget for that movie was like $140, 150 million dollars. This movie was half.
2: No, it was, it was it was like fifty million. It was like a third of the call. Is that, that was part of it. But
0: but I mean that's the point. It's like from what I remember hearing about, like I mean they went like half, if not more, like you're saying. So the fact that they made a, a, so much of a better movie. And you know, this movie is going to gross a shit ton of money, whether yes, right. it's, whether it's in the theaters or eventually on streaming we it's already fortunately, got, fortunately, I think buzz, we're going to, I think we're going to see another one. I would really like to see another
2: one. It's uh, just so we know um, it's got a, I'm just looking at the opening weekend right now. And it looks like it's going to be about 50 million, which is pretty much what they put into the movie. So it broke even on the first weekend. So that's, hmm. it's all gravy from here for them. So you know that uh, you'll probably see a good chance of that. Now the question is, you know, who do we see coming if they do a sequel? That's a whole other podcast. But I listen. Ghostbusters is a huge franchise. If there's money to be made, as we know in the movie world, they're gonna make it. You know, we just hope that it's we get another quality product. You know, we don't get another 2016 mm. throw together.
1: I want to uh, jump back real quick, just the, the yeah. thing you were talking about that last, that very last end scene, because it's not one that i seen in the theater. I had to go back and read about it because I had a feeling I might have missed something extra, but I was also tired. I wanted to go home because I'm an old man. Dean, you understand? Sakal, uh, you also understand. Everybody understands. Oh, yeah. Where are yeah. <laughs> But uh, So I didn't watch it, but I, I did read up on it. So there were some, some key points that I noticed in this article. I'm actually glad I read it because I probably would have taken away more from it from the reading than just watching. So in real life, Ernie Hudson, he was really upset about the small role that he played in Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a bigger role. So I guess in this movie, they they had like in the original script, there was supposed to be a much bigger role for him. And obviously that changed and it wasn't in there anymore. So I have a feeling that in the second film, it's going to be centered not necessarily all around him but he he's going to be like a catalyst in that film that's like propelling everything forward so he's buying the fire station he's bringing back the ghostbusters his role is way more important than it's ever been in the in the first two films which makes sense mm-hmm. the other thing that was important was um again i didn't see this but from what i'm told it, the uh container that was holding all the ghosts yes. the Ghostbusters, that was let out there was a red light flashing like there was an emergency like something bad is imminent yeah yeah so yeah. the next film will likely take place in new york with the fire station with winston definitely having like some sort of bigger role and i'm sure the kids will be back at that point and you know maybe that's three years from now and the kids are a little bit older which might make sense you know they have to incorporate the kids at this point though they can't go back to the old men anymore like they can be yeah. there as like yeah, a supporting like- role but not they can't be the main role anymore.
2: Yeah. I and mean, I think that's what they want. They want to transfer over to a new cast. Um, but like I said, you know, there's a lot of speculation, but I, I mean, it had a strong opening weekend. I think there's a really good chance we see another one. Um, all the guys came back. The main guys, um, obviously Venkman, um, Ray Stance and Winston, they all make the appearance at the end, which, which is also like you knew it was coming. But it was just like it still kind of was like, oh, here they are, you know, and like they had mm. that comedy role. They played back on the lines of like, are you a God, which is like a huge line. world. Yeah, I mean, even to this day, I mean, you, you know, Ghostbusters fan, you say when someone asks you if you're a God, you say, you know, well, yeah, so that's like a huge Winston line. And so when they played that in, they, they plugged it in. It was good. I like the throwback scene of podcast when he he's zapping all the um, mini puffs and he's covered in. The uh, <laughs> the marshmallows like yeah, right He's wine. got the yeah.
0: things on the things on his head and the, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember.
2: Yeah, so I, there's just so much nostalgia to those scenes, and I like that the old guys were were a huge part of that. Where it goes from now, who knows? I don't know, but they need to take time and care, just like they put into this film. I don't care if it takes
1: five, six, seven, ten. I don't care if it takes ten years. They need to make it as good as this film was. Like I know this film was like in the in all sorts of disarray multiple times. It probably had 17 rewrites.
0: Right.
1: But take the time and make it right. Like you, you have something special again for the first time in since while. 1980, whatever the Nine. hell the second yeah.
0: was two, 89 was
1: too. Please don't mess it up. You have an opportunity to make a shit ton of money. <laughs> that's, that's all somebody <laughs> should say to you. They should walk in a room like, listen, we can't fuck this up. We're going to make yeah. a ton of money if we don't fuck this up. But they can easily, yeah. in the next movie, fuck it up. So yeah. don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's some. I mean, listen, the cartoon. Have you guys ever watched the cartoon? I, I did, but I don't remember like, anything about it. Well, OK, let me tell you one thing about the cartoon without getting too much off topic. It's a scary-ass cartoon. Dude, if you go back and watch some of this stuff, it's like straight nightmare feel. I'm like, I watched this when I was like six. I'm like, this is so scary. Like, there's some real. Dude, I'm telling you, just YouTube some of it. There's some scary ass stuff in these things. I'm like, damn, this is a kid. This was a kid's cartoon. Um, I only remember the episode that children... Slimer
0: went into the containment system.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah that was I the only one that. I really remember. But if you want to do... terrify
1: your children, make them play the NES game.
2: Jesus Christ. <laughs> They'll have <laughs> nightmares a, for weeks. That's a whole, that's a and West <laughs> topic for, for yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, but overall, I like the, like I said, I like the cast. I like the film. Um, I had a couple of things that, you know, whatever. Like I said, the Lucky and Trevor's stuff, I didn't really feel connected on it. So I don't I don't see them. I don't know if they're going to really progress into the future films. I hope to God though that Phoebe and podcasts are a part of this Ghostbusters future. I thought they were great. They need to be. And in the, the you were talking about connections
1: earlier on. I didn't want to mention it then but I'll mention it now real quick. The connection between Egon and Phoebe is awesome because yeah. It was like almost Mm -hmm. like it skipped a generation where like, you know, Egon's a super nerdy person and his daughter wasn't the same person. And now Mm -hmm. he has a granddaughter who's, you know, not just necessarily like him, but she resembles him in in many, many ways. And she's the only one that can really see him at first. She's the only one that believes enough that shit is happening and when no one else does. So that was that was awesome.
0: Much like
2: Egon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a great point.
2: Yeah, and I just thought her role and her dry sense of humor and like just <laughs> the, the dad <stupid> jokes, <laughs> yeah, the dad jokes. Or so I was laughing out. Listen, I, this is how you know you're a dad. I was just laughing out loud in the theater to these dad jokes, and no one else was laughing at certain parts. And I was just like, the one joke one was like, "What is? Uh, why can't you trust Adams?" Right? I think that was a joke. Because
0: yeah, because uh, they make up everything. They make up
2: everything. Like I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's a great joke. That
0: is That's a great, great joke. joke.
2: But um, overall, I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, like is it an yeah. Academy Award-winning film? I don't. Like you said, maybe some special effects might get in there. Um, special effects or sound will definitely win something. I think. Sound. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we, you might get one of those, which would also be awesome for the film to boost it. But it was just a fun movie. It was just it was. a fun movie that was like not more than it needed to be. You know.
0: Yeah, I think what it did was it it it, it played to the exact audience it was meant for. And forget about the Easter eggs as much as that's for people like us that really enjoy it, that's fine. But your kids loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but your kids loved it. Okay. It it played towards that. You had kids, you had kids of a certain age um, and that worked really well as opposed to the 2016 (laughs) one, (laughs) which again, I don't know who that movie was for. But but I mean, it just kind of shows you how you can make a really good and a really bad product with basic with the same ingredients. You know what I mean. That goes back just, to what
1: I was saying earlier. Just take take the time and take the care that's necessary yeah. to make another really good film.
2: Well, I hope I hope we do see another film. I hope the franchise goes on. I mean, shit, there's like about thirty Marvel movies now. So you know, we can get some we can get some good writers out there to to get this story. There's so many storylines that could go on here. I mean, there's even crossover films you can make. I mean, you know, there's just so much stuff you can go on. I mean, you know, there's just so so many great storylines they could, they could go after, and I, I hope that this continues, because obviously it I mean, goes around, but...
1: Let's get a bigger budget next time with no goddamn green screens. Let's just eliminate them completely, or as close to completely as possible, and I'll be very happy. <laughs> well, and bring I, in yeah. some puppets. Why the hell not? Let's bring in some puppets.
0: The Terror Dog. The Terror Dog. The, um... Wow. Vincent Clortho one that goes after Paul Rudd was a was a puppet for a little bit of it, which yeah. I really liked. That's I really like that's that awesome part of it. Yeah. Make it yeah.
1: realistic, man. That's what yeah. I want to see. I don't want to feel like, oh god damn it. I'm watching a computer thing. Dude, if I wanted to yeah. play a video game, I'll play a video game. I don't want to see it in the goddamn movie. Like, I just yeah. want to see a real movie, you know.
0: Sorry. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> it's, <all right. laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that has been. This episode of the Nerdthusiast Movie Podcast, uh, where we actually all kind of like the movie for a change, which was weird. good. Uh, <laughs> very weird. Something terrible weird. is going to happen now. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. Uh, I know. Ghostbusters, end of the world. <laughs> Bunch of. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, if you guys uh, will please follow us on all of our social medias: Instagram, Facebook uh TikTok, YouTube. There's more Insta. I already said Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> um, a lot of them. There's also nerdthusiast.com which you could definitely check out and read all the stuff that have been going up there. Uh please support us on patreon.com slash nerdthusiast. Helps a lot. Plus uh you might be able to uh help us kind of point you the direction of the shows and where everybody wants to see them go
1: yeah you guys Um, can vote on poll topics over there you guys can you know obviously you can messages and stuff like that we'll respond to them so if you like the shows definitely support us over on patreon
0: it helps us out and if you don't like us subscribe (laughs) ring the bell if you don't that'll, that'll teach us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um but that's been this uh this episode for uh ghostbusters afterlife uh thank you guys um Marozy and zicali and uh check us out for the next one Take care, guys see you later